Welcome to episode 35 of Ion Horror, otherwise known as season 2, episode 13. Can you believe it? 35 episodes. Wow. Uh, I'm your host, James J. Edwards, and with me, as always, is your other host, Jacob Davidson. How are you doing, Jacob? Doing good. Back in town and jet-lagged. Yeah, you were you were uh, visiting the the fam for Thanksgiving. I was. It was back east. We uh yeah we've we we have to apologize. We took uh we we life kind of got in the way between the holidays and I'm buried in uh it, it's awards season. I'm buried in movie screeners. So we we actually took a couple of unplanned weeks off. But um we're back now and uh, yeah I always say we're gonna try to be more regular. <laughs> And we always want to. Uh, I mean, we should just start eating Activia, and maybe that will help. Isn't that what's, what the Scream Queen, Jamie Lee Curtis, promotes? And there he is. You're hearing him talk. Your your other host, uh, John Correa. How you doing, John? Doing well and always here to remind people that for a period of time, Jamie Lee Curtis reminded us that she has irregular pooping habits. <laughs> uh, you know, you look, you, you look a little different today. You look a little older. What's going oh, on? Today oh, what you? do I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's it's Korea's birthday. Where he's recording yeah. at eight a.m. on his birthday. Talk about dedication. See, I was just talking about how we were slackers, but this dude, he's coming through. I think this is actually the first birthday in like five years that I'm not working because uh, <laughs> I would always work on my birthdays, but have the next day off. You know. Ah, well, the next day is the important one. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's to, the one that that's the one you want off. Yeah, I have. It's kind of cool off. to work on your birthday because it well, depending on where you work and maybe what set you were on, they always they'll make a big deal of it. You know, they might get you a cake if you're popular. They'll sing to you. They're nice to you. Oh, yeah. Well, last year was nice because I was we were in an office at that point. So it was just huh. like they just bought me really nice ramen. So that was great. <laughs> <laughs> this year, though, jam packed with festivities. I mean. Today's the last day of the uh, Evil Dead exhibit at the Bearded Lady Mystic Museum, so I'm going to that. Nice. And Midsummer Scream is having a pop-up, like, Halloween, or not Halloween, uh, horror, um, like, shopping thing down in Hollywood. So it's like, oh, shit, everything's happening. And the Krampus run is today, so I have to miss one of these things. Oh, Too no. many activities. Yeah. Ah. Not enough time. Lots of space for activities. Not enough time for them, though. Ah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm kind of glad. It's, we're, we're, in, uh, we're all in Southern California. It's kind of a gloomy, maybe rainy day today. And I'm kind of glad because, you know, I, we, we, I'm in the San Diego Film Critics Society. And we submitted our nominations uh, Thursday. And they were announced yesterday. And we vote Monday, which we are recording this on Saturday, December 7th. You know, you you guys will hear this in about a week. And uh, I have nothing to do today but sit around and watch movies, which is good because I have a little bit of cramming to do. Yeah, you do. It's going to be fun. Mainly, my big blind spot was animated. So I have uh, three of our five animated nominations that I have to cram through today. But no big. But none of that is horror. We're going to talk about horror because that's the name of the podcast. What have you guys been doing? This uh, the the since we talked last, which was like a month ago. Oh shit! Let me pull up my letterbox. <laughs> I always do that too with letterbox. Jacob <laughs> knows off the top of his head. Go first. <laughs> yeah, I got I got some acti- horror activities to report on because uh, I love uh, visiting for Thanksgiving uh, because you know I get to spend time with my family and also because I get to go to the uh, archive, the headquarters of one of my favorite labels, Vinegar Syndrome. 
Were you there for the Black Friday sale? I was. Nice. And I got some crazy ass movies. And uh, the, uh, this one is is really going to blow John's mind. I got Tammy and the T-Rex. Did you get the 4K? Did you get the 4K? Uh, no, nah, I just got the regular Blu-ray. Uh, I'm waiting for my 4K to come in. I don't have a 4K player, but I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was my thing. I don't have a 4K player, so I didn't really see the point. And I mean, uh, you know, and I was like, I mean, I love Tammy the T-Rex. I just didn't think I need uh, I needed to get that much of an upgrade for it. Now, for, for a guy who doesn't know much about this kind of stuff, um, do 4K discs... Will they play in regular Blu-ray players, or do they come no. with a Blu-ray as well? No, they come. They come with a Blu-ray usually. So that's okay. what they did with uh, Tammy, and uh, okay. so it's 4K and a Blu-ray disc. So, so it's sort of like Blu-ray versus DVD. You know, all the early Blu-rays came with a DVD, so you could yeah, watch it yeah. if you didn't. Okay, cool. Okay, which is awesome because uh, a lot of my because I do own a, uh, not a lot but a few 4K discs, and they do come Same. with a Blu-ray. So for now, I can still watch them and stuff. But like once I make I, I'm waiting for more boutique, you know, uh, Blu-rays to start or publishers like Vinegar Syndrome, Criterion, Kino, all of them to jump to 4K before I invest in a TV. It's all over when Criterion starts doing 4K. Oh, dude, they're they're ready for it because they're been, they've been doing 4K transfers for a year now. So it's like, yeah, once they start producing that, first of all, the wallet's going to get hit hard. I was going to say, can you imagine because list price on Criterion stuff is 40 bucks already. Can you imagine 4K is going to be probably 60 or 70? No, I think. Well, I mean, it depends because lately uh, they've they've been averaging around, uh, you know, 30, like 20, between 25 and 30 bucks. Yeah, for, so well, that, you, you you have to find them on sale. List price on them is twenty or is thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah, and then when you, if you hit the half off sale, they're twenty bucks each. I get them used, and I get them for like seventeen. Ah, mm. okay, that's the sweet spot. <laughs> yeah, no. Although the, uh, the other thing I want to add is that uh, John, for those who remember, John and I actually saw the uh, Beyond Fest premiere of the uncut Taming the T Rex at at Beyond Fest a couple months back, and oh. it melted our minds. It was beautiful. It was. It is simultaneously one of the dumbest yet most genius movies I think <laughs> I have ever seen. I have never been so confused and so excited at the same time. Like, except for maybe when I was a kid. You know, when you get like that really like excitement over like I don't know, like a light up yo yo, and you're just like, <laughs> freaking the fuck out. <laughs> that gif of the kid eating the cotton candy. That was Tammy and the T Rex. Just confused and excited. Yeah, you know, just because it's so... The tone is so weird because it's kind of like a family comedy or something with, like, kind of... But at the same time, there's this hard R ultra-violence with the T-Rex, like, ripping people to shreds with all the blood and gore. (laughs) It's a very silly movie, but at the same time, it's extremely violent and gory and dark. And Denise Richards gives uh, Paul Walker's brain in a jar, like, the worst lap dance ever recorded. Oh. Like, <laughs> just horrible. Yeah, it's, as we, yeah, so we've been wanting to revisit it since we saw it, just because after we watched it, we were like, did that just happen? Did, did what <laughs> we see was real? Yeah, that's definitely going to need a revisit real quick with a, with a drink or two or something. 
And speaking of what the fuckery, uh, the uh, crown jewel of uh, Vinegar Syndrome's Black Friday sale was Spookies. Uh, like, spookies. Yeah, just like one of the holy grails of not really lost horror, but like it's just kind of a jumble, just kind of jumbled horror. Because uh, for those who don't know, basically Spookies was this uh, like, like, jam-packed with practical effects horror movie from the 80s but uh it was it was a trouble production and like basically it was half finished then somebody else came in and tried to round it up with like additional footage but it's got all this great creature effects and the rights were such a mess nobody thought it would ever get an actual release but uh kudos to vinegar syndrome because they uh managed and they managed to keep it a secret that they made a 4k transfer of spookies for blu-ray and it looks goddamn phenomenal and they actually included two making of documentaries about it and just what a uh night horror it was to make this horror movie oh man i can't wait uh i have to wait patiently because everything's going to be coming in the mail but yeah yeah you you weren't first in line at the archive on black friday so you have to wait (laughs) pretty much uh you took your mother right jacob oh yes yes i actually went with my mom uh it was a family affair it was well you know like we were you know we were together and you know the family was together uh and we figured uh you know just get just might as well go check it out together um is your mom a horror fan does she like actually yeah she is uh she funnily enough she's i I think she kind of got me into horror like she'd what she let me watch stuff or even encouraged me to watch horror movies and uh yeah so she doesn't she she says she doesn't quite understand a lot of stuff with uh like I was talking about with, with uh, the Vigor Syndrome titles, but uh, she appreciates it. And also, she likes the archive because they sell music. Like, they got LPs and stuff, so she was checking that out. Nice. Yeah, so Vinegar Syndrome brings families together. Yeah. Yeah. And we nice. watched and we watched Dolomite Is My Name uh, <laughs> just before the, the archive, and uh, they had all the uh, Rudy Ray Moore movies, so... I was actually showing them to her, and and she was like, "The he made the disco Godfather." Oh yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, and I actually and I actually picked up uh, the Dolomite sequel, the Human Tornado. Human Tornado is so good. It is so good. <laughs> I I saw it at a double feature with Dolomite's My Name at the Newbev, and yeah, uh, the family and I were going to try and watch it, but we just didn't have enough time. But uh, now now we're all Dolomite fans. Please tell me you picked up Petey Wheatshaw, Wheatstraw, because uh, no. that's Rudy Ray Moore's quote horror film, and it is his best. And there, there is, there's a Vincent release of that, isn't there? Yeah, the yeah, Petey that's the thing. they released yeah. all like all his major movies. Like they released Dolomite, okay. Human Tornado, Petey Wheatstraw, and uh, the Disco Godfather. Unfortunately, no return of Dolomite. <laughs> there's a return Someday. of Dolomite. Yeah, it was it was never completed because he was like trying to make it during it would be right before he passed. But uh, hopefully someday, uh, like there's a DVD out there if you contact the the person who owns like the things for it. But he's very, I don't know. It's it's one of those like you gotta you gotta go to this spot and then like you get you go <laughs> to this pay phone and then someone calls you when you're there. <laughs> it's a whole thing. It does sound like a whole thing. We're getting on a tangent, but let, let's. Uh, we're, I'm going to bring a soft back to horror because um, this isn't really horror. But have you guys seen Knives Out? Yes, of course. Oh my God, Love so it. good! Really? It's 
it i mean we don't want to say too much about it because it is like best we say as little as possible yeah but um if you like agatha christie um you will love knives out it's it's just so clever so fresh so sharp yeah you know and that's not a pun <laughs> on knives uh, <laughs> and sharp and just it kind of, and, and in a lot of ways it kind of straight reminded to the point uh, <laughs> you get you get that because it's your birthday john uh but I, yeah I no, one like, bad I, joke off an episode yeah no like um I, I was always a big fan of rian johnson's first movie brick so yeah. like it, it kind of it kind of gave me a similar vibe uh so it was it was pretty cool to watch that you know just kind of his take on a certain subgenre and can i just say that is quite possibly the best ensemble cast oh absolutely ever yes. assembled oh my like, god yeah just everyone there's not a weak there's not a weak game. link Jamie Lee Curtis, Tony Collette, Daniel Craig is basically the Hercule Poirot of the of the thing. Chris Evans, you got Captain America in Don this movie. Don Johnson. Oh yeah. yeah, Don Johnson. Yes, Don Johnson will just like stroll into these movies. <laughs> like he did the same thing with Django Unchained. It's like, is that Don Johnson? Oh yeah, it's Don that Johnson. is Don Johnson. <laughs> Fucking Don Johnson. <laughs> oh yeah, I think Daniel Craig. Mostly just because his southern he he keeps trying to do southern accents and it's always weird, but it works. Like his bad southern accent really worked for this, especially since like they do call him out for sounding like Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah, me happy. <laughs> but I think it's funny because he, he he reminded me of the Willem Dafoe character in American Psycho because people yeah. people would tell him stuff and he would go. Well, that's not what I heard. <laughs> that's not the information I received. <laughs> and he did yeah. sound like Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> a good old Southern gentleman. Yeah, Knives Out. And another thing that I saw that I'm a little late to the game, but have you guys both seen Parasite? Yes. Oh, yeah. That's my favorite film of the year. Possibly decade. That's another one that is just, I mean, you don't want to say too much about it, no. but it is, um, it's just so sharply written. And it's like, just when you think you know what's going on, you're like, holy shit, did that just happen? You know, like, I, I know people use like the comparison of it's a roller coaster ride, but it truly is. It is. Like one second yeah. you're laughing your ass off and then almost immediately you're in complete shock and horror and then yeah. the next it's just like it just keeps doing these flips and it's like it's not one of those movies where it's like twist 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 it's more just flips tonally <laughs> plot wise just everywhere it's just like going back and forth and it just says so much about so many things and it's yeah. just so beautifully done that's a good way to put it. It doesn't have twists; it has flips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I and I do have to say I agree that it's uh, perhaps one of the best, uh, well, political, social, uh, messaged movie of the year. Uh, like I, I actually watched this interview with Jong Boon Ho because he was saying, you know, like he intended the movie to be filmed uh, based on South Korean society, but when he saw the international response, because one of the major themes of the movie is uh, the the major wealth gap and wealth disparity in society, he, yeah. he said he said something along the lines of uh, talking to all these international audiences who loved and appreciated the movie. I realized we all live under one nation, capitalism. Yeah, yeah. That that's the thing. It's it it is so applicable to American society right now. But it's a South Korean movie. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, yeah, one nation, one nation under a groove. <laughs> Consume. 
What else has been going on? Are we going to move on to our uh, subgenre? Oh, I, I had to, I re- I'm going to be real quick, real quick. Okay. I've, there hasn't been a lot of horror I've seen in theaters lately, but I finally watched the remake to Willard. And nice. I was very happy with that. That was, I, I, that was really solid. But I just have to mention that in the movie, they use the song from Ben a lot. The the sequel to the original Willard, the song that Michael Jackson wrote and performed when he was like, I don't know, early teens, like very young. And the song's about a relationship between a child and a rat being best friends. And for the remake, Crispin Glover not only covers it, but he directed a music video for it. And <laughs> I just need to spread the word that this music video exists. It's on YouTube. Look it up. It is weird. Because, of course, Crispin Glover directed it. But it also has Arlie Ermey playing every male character in the music video that isn't Crispin Glover. And if you (laughs) get the Scream Factory Blu-ray, Crispin Glover actually does commentary for it. Which most of it is him plugging his feature films that he directs. But there's just one point where he's like, yeah, Arlie Ermey plays every man here. Here he is playing this man who's inspired by this. And then there's just like one in the background. He's like, oh, yeah, and and there's Arlie Ermey looking like Hitler. We didn't intend for him to look like Hitler, but he ended up looking like Hitler. So now he looks like Hitler and then it just like keeps going. And it was just like, what the? So <laughs> what I'm trying to say, people, is what not don't only see the Willard remake because it is pretty good. It is pretty good. But also watch the music video if you ever wanted to see Arlie Ermey dressed up as Hitler, because that's a thing. Why not? There's one more thing I want to bring up that is just <laughs> for awards viewing. I saw it's kind of horror adjacent, but um, Uncut Gems. Have you guys seen Uncut Gems? No, but I've heard it's, really good things. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's weird. It's, it's not for everybody. It's the Safdie brothers who did a Good Time a and, couple uh, years what's back. It with the, yeah. It's, it's basically Adam Sandler's this jewel dealer who comes across this, um, this I think it's a black opal. And um, basically, long story short, everyone wants this black opal. And it's ultra violent and it's... I mean, every other word is an F-bomb. I mean, it is just, it's basically an anxiety attack on film. It is, the way that it is cut, it's, it's cinematic chaos, but it works. And I'm never going to be able to look at Adam Sandler as, you know, freaking Billy Madison mm-hmm. or Happy Gilmore ever again after seeing him in this. He is, I mean, this is going to do for Adam Sandler what One Hour Photo did for Robin Williams. Oh, you know, I mean, he's turned a corner. Um, he's not going to be able to go back to making stupid comedies and still be that effective anymore. He's going to be taken seriously as an actor. It's, it's crazy. And Kevin Garnett uh, has a cameo as himself, which is awesome. pretty awesome. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Anyway, Netflix is killing it yeah. this season between The Irishman, Marriage Story, and Dolomite. Dolomite is my name. Yeah. yeah. Netflix is, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they come home with uh, with a slew of Oscars. I mean, yeah. marriage story, not even remotely horror unless you're a child of divorce. Um, it is uh, heart-wrenching. Yeah, I actually saw that uh, while I was visiting my dad. So that, so, that, so that was an interesting experience. Well, when I saw a marriage story, all I could do for like 10 or 15 minutes afterwards was sit in my car and sob. It's, and it's Damn. not a tearjerker, but it's just a heavy... It's just a real heavy emotional movie. Yeah. But anyway, it's not even remotely horror, so let's move on to our subgenre. What do we got, Jacob? Subgenre. Yeah, subgenre of the 
episode. Uh, but, uh, yeah, since we're celebrating John's birthday, I figured why not celebrate all the horror birthday movies, like movies that center around or feature in some way, like a birthday or birthday party, uh, which surprisingly comes up quite often in a lot of horror movies. So, yeah. What's that reminder that you're one step closer to death? <laughs> yeah so uh in that regard why don't we start off why don't we start off with the easiest one happy death day and happy death day to you yep i know john you're not a fan <laughs> but it's i feel like it's the one we got to start it's off his with birthday I, I, was do it that, to I was honored to have a subgenre dedicated to me almost and then i and then i remembered oh fuck we're gonna have to talk about those movies I, you guys ready for one positive thing about the happy death day movies Let's hear okay. it. Lizzo does a cover of Staying Alive for Happy Death Day to You, and it's really good. Yeah. That, that's, I remember that's that. My, that's my one positive thing about that series. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I as far as Groundhog Day uh, clones go, I like the Happy Death Day movies. Um, the first one I thought was good because it was basically just a bunch of different slasher movies, you know, short little slasher yeah. movies. It was almost like an anthology. Um because enough changed with each uh, with each wake up that you know you got a completely different story. So you know I, I like those movies, and I do like the design of the baby face killer. <laughs> Just because like if I if I was like in an alley or a room and something, and some dude walked up to me wearing that thing, I'd get it scared the shit out of me. It's one of those masks that's so innocent that it's creepy. Yeah, because yeah. it's oh look, it's a cute baby. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. If you saw someone in an alley wearing it, you'd be like, "Oh, okay, I'm going the other way." <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, going to going to the '80s, uh, I, feel, I feel like uh, talking about both of these uh, well worth it. Uh, bloody birthday and happy birthday <laughs> to me. Oh, happy Blood- birthday to me. I love Bloody Birthday. Bloody Birthday is, um, if you're not familiar with it, it's basically, there's like a comet or a meteor or something came too close to the Earth. Yeah, it's like a meteor. And every kid who was born on that particular date has these homicidal tendencies. (laughs) And you get, and and the the kids that are in it are like, they're not huge name stars, but they're like um, Ricky's best friend from Silver Spoons and stuff, you know, (laughs) and they're... You know, so so if you ever want to see like these, you know, mid-range child stars from the 80s killing people, <laughs> Bloody yeah. Birthday is your jam. Yeah, Bloody Birthday actually kind of disturbed me because, I mean, they play some of the stuff for comedy, but yeah, it's like these three kids, uh, they're like all like 10 or under or whatever, and... They just—they're just total monsters. They just like killing animals and killing people. They just really love killing, and it—and it's pretty brutal too. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, the the kills are not—you know—it's unflinching. And then, happy birthday to me. Canucks exploitation is, at its finest. <laughs> it, it's just—it's just your classic like slasher clone, but instead, like the big twist of it. Spoiler alert. It's it's not like the killer is wearing like a hockey mask or something. They're wearing like an ultra realistic 
prosthetic mask to look like another person the, really, the final girl like the final so the, like the it's the big twist was the final girl was the killer right or, no no or no it was the reverse like that basically they set up to make it seem like the final girl was the killer but it was actually someone else who was wearing an ultra realistic mask of the final girl to make it seem like she was the killer and driving her insane but and it was a total scooby-doo unmasking yeah <laughs> oh yeah because yes. no, yes, for most of the movie it's like this really solid like slasher ripoff clone and then like it just has this ending where it's like haha i made this mask to set you up and drive you insane and it's like wait what the fuck is going on it's such a like they handle it so weird that it was confusing and awesome it has some of the most creative kills ever too oh like, the skewer yeah that- yeah the skewer and and the, and the motorcycle like yes. basically yeah you I, I remember that was the one because, you know, having seen just, you know, like Halloween, Friday the 13th, it's kind of a, a contemporary of those. But when, you know, you're watching this one, you're like, oh, dude, this this killer is not just slicing dice and he's uh, he's getting creative. Yeah, let's go for it. The kebab kill is so iconic. They put it on the poster. Yep. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, and because I brought it up earlier, I wanted to bring it up again. Spookies is a birthday movie because uh, not sure if you guys have seen it, but like there's this kind of opening subplot with like this little this little kid uh, runs away from home because he's pissed off that his parents forgot his birthday. So he wanders to like the haunted mansion where all the weirdness is happening and there's a birthday set up for him and like like there's a cake and balloons and uh and is and it does have a kind of schlocky uh jump scare where like he's uh or like this toy robot's kind of following him around the birthday party and like he opens his presence and it's the head of the uh evil undead wizard who's like setting up all this shit and and he just goes happy birthday billy <laughs> what i swear to god i'm so excited for this blu-ray to come in how dare you jacob make me this much more impatient <laughs> <laughs> speaking of 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 batshit crazy birthdays um have you guys seen the sentinel yes no. that, that is one of my favorites a guy throws a birthday party for his cat. Yeah. It's this little tuxedo <laughs> oh, cat named Jezebel. And there's a birthday party. He's, he's, and you can find pictures of the scene on the internet. This cat has a birthday hat on and is sitting at a table with a cake. <laughs> wow. <laughs> awesome. And Burgess Meredith is just like yeah. singing for the cat and shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, that's my favorite birthday. My favorite cinematic birthday party is uh, for Jezebel the cat in the Sentinel. <laughs> now, I have to say uh, my favorite cinematic birthday after the Sentinel, of course, uh, <laughs> has to go to the Omen. Because isn't that just like, oh, yes, the best present you can get is someone just, you know, uh, proclaiming their ever devotion to you before just totally ruining your birthday. Like, who can't relate? It's all for you, Damien. It's all for you. How many kids got traumatized, not only at the party, but watching it on screen? Oh, God. I remember the first <laughs> yeah. time I watched it, I was like 12 or 13, and just like, as soon as like that knot taut, like tightened and like she goes through the window i was i almost shit myself i was just in complete shock like oh man talk about scenes that just like stick stick with you jesus yeah. yeah that's another legendary one i mean you're talking about the kebab kill but uh that scene from the omen is up there too 
just the look in her eyes when she's yelling, it's all for you, Damien, is just, ah, it gets under your skin. She's also, she's so happy. Yeah. Uh, uh, And uh, related to the the horror coming from gifts instead of, yeah, you know, like the birthday itself, uh, there's Child's Play, both the original and the remake, which just goes to show what happens when you get the wrong gift uh, for a birthday party. Which I want, I got the the remake on Blu-ray and rewatched it again, and I gotta say I'm I'm having more and more fun with the remake the more I watch it. Yeah, like it's it really is more of like a comedy that like gets real twisted towards the end. You know, it's oh yeah, it's not an amazing film, but you know what? It's it's a lot of fun. No, I mean like yeah. uh, I I really enjoyed it, and to be honest, I kind of like the premise of the remake better than the original. Don't, don't get me wrong, I love Ch- I love Chucky and Brad Dorif, but just you know the whole voodoo serial killer thing just got very convoluted and weird. I, I just like the idea that like this toy has gone haywire, and uh, not, and you know it's not so much that it's. It's homicidal. It's just that it's programmed to love the kid that owns it. Just the problem is it it loves him so much it's willing to kill for him. Well, this, his switch is set to evil. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it, there's your problem here, Pally. Somebody set this thing to evil. Well, I mean, also, but let's be honest. The the opening when they show why Chucky became that way in the remake <laughs> is pretty fucking convoluted. Of just basically being like, I'm taking all the safety things off, and it really is just like a very long scene of him going, I'm sp- putting on the evil switch. <laughs> but also, like, yeah. who does that? Like, when when you get fired from a job like that they don't go as soon as you finish that one you know they escort you out well, you know? well that's why it's a comedy yeah i don't know i've actually had i my sales job did that to me they were like you can finish up your day now i was like oh no you fired me before traffic happens i'm i'm gonna head out now and they're like oh you don't want to finish your calls i'm like why <laughs> you yeah, John, killed that- all my leads i was watching willow at my desk get out of here <laughs> Right, let's uh, let's move on to our to our topic, um, which I'm going to let Korea introduce because he kind of understands what we're going to be talking about a little more than I do. So take it away. Yes. So, I mean, we we've seen some major shifts in how we consume uh, films over the last ten years. Big. Hey, this is my TED talk. We're going to go real, <laughs> real. Let's go back fifteen <laughs> years. No, uh, today we're going to talk about uh, streaming. Very simple. Uh, or is it? You know, the good, the bad, and the ugly that comes with it. Uh, because it, it has, it's changed how we consume uh, content. It's changed how uh, content gets distributed. And it's, it's a pretty major uh, part. I mean, even, you know, hardcore uh, physical media collectors like myself still do a lot of like digital collection and streaming. And there's a lot of good that comes with it, a lot of bad, and there's some like pretty ugly shit that comes with it too. So I just wanted to like kind of cover this, especially what it means for our beloved genres, you know. Uh, so to start off, let's uh, let's discuss some of the good stuff. I mean, streaming, very simply, accessibility, right? Yes. I mean, that is the big one. There's there, we can go on Netflix and peruse for hours under the horror subgenre. Um, we can, you know, there's like 20 different like ways or streaming things, but most importantly, we have shutter, which is the holy Mecca of horror streaming services. And that's awesome. (laughs) Well, and also like, 
the digital codes that come with movies that you buy. Yeah. You put those into your Voodoo account, and then you're at work with some downtime. You know, you're there. You know, you, you can just go and watch your movie. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. Especially with my field coordinating work. Like, I, I find myself in the middle of, like, nowhere Georgia just sitting in a van watching Child's Play on my phone, you know? <laughs> it's nice to have those little breaks. And you can. You can take it mobilely, which is much easier than walking around with a disc player, you know, and a small TV or... Um, and all your discs. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah, they don't really make portable Blu-ray players. Uh, it's still only a, really a DVD thing. Um, but, yeah. Um, so it's accessibility and not only that, but like the pricing the usually is really cheap. I mean, shutter is like less than 10 bucks a month, like five bucks more than worth it. Um, I'm going to keep plugging shutter. We're not sponsored by shutter, but we just, (laughs) we just love love them so much, but I think all three of us pay for it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. So if shutter, if you want to bro us, uh, no, I'm more than happy to pay for that. Yeah. They'll lose three customers then because we all pay for it already. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it's not only accessibility to a bunch, but it's also highlighting a lot of like hidden gems. Like Jacob, you talked about uh, dial code Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. Not too long ago, that's on Shutter now. Yeah, and so there's all these, so everyone can get that. Or there's some titles where maybe the Blu-ray is out of print and it's on there, and that's great we have this accessibility that we've never had before it's like going to the video store just having unlimited choices yeah like i go on prime video just to deep dive for stuff i've never seen before and you know sometimes i find good stuff like uh like one of my favorite discoveries on prime because you know just is kind of such a dumping ground was uh, i i found uh this slasher movie called the carpenter with uh Oh, Wings Hauser. Oh, yeah. The Carpenter with Wings Hauser. And, you know, on top of that, you know, there's stuff like uh, Monsters, uh, like horror streaming series is uh, also makes it more convenient, you know, because, you know, like series are harder to own, like it's more expensive or harder to find. Like uh, like, uh, All the Twilight Zone is on like Netflix and Hulu. Uh, There's a bunch of Mystery Science Theater 3000 episodes on Netflix. Um, so speaking of dumped to Amazon, um, have any of you guys watched the, the bad Ben series of movies? No, I've heard of them. Okay. These are the, they're, they're not good. They're pretty bad movies, but they were all done by this one dude. And there's like six of them and they're pretty short watches. They're like maybe an hour, 10. Um, and it's just kind of fascinating because it's basically a dude who sets up a camera and it, it's a found footage. It's like a paranormal activity kind of thing, but it's only him. And you'll, and I don't even remember the guy's name, which is ludicrous because it's the only credit, but um, you know, it'll say like, you know, it'll say written by directed by, you know, camera by oh. sound by, and it's all the same guy, wow. but it's kind of crazy that this guy can basically, you know, I, I imagine it's his house. It's always in the same house, but he probably just, he just sets up these cameras in his house, does some, you know, cheap, I don't even know, you wouldn't really call them visual effects. They're just cheap little camera things that he does. And, you know, like I said, they're not good, but I have watched all six of them. They're entertaining what? enough where you're like, it's not really like a car crash, but you kind of want to see them. You're like, you're like, okay, what's, what's, what's the next one going to be about? They're, they're kind of fun actually, <laughs> but they're, they're, it, it's a testament to what someone with a camera can do. I mean, you know, with a little bit of drive and, 
you know, determination. <laughs> and and that's another great thing is where it's giving platforms to people, whether that's good or bad, you know, um, to showcase their skills, to showcase, you know, tell their stories. Like though that series of films probably would never have gotten any form of distribution if it weren't for Amazon's very lax uploading upload your own stuff for people to watch on their prime i mean i have something on prime too <laughs> so well prime i i used to uh work for a subscription um channel that had a that had a, a prime channel and it actually was pretty difficult to not really difficult but there were hoops to jump through to get stuff uploaded and on prime but i guess since then because there were there was someone who uploaded a bootleg uh, version of one cut of the dead oh yeah so i guess that there is that that since then they've either made it more lax or there's a back door that people can take to get basically anything uploaded to prime um but i know when i was doing the the amazon deliveries it it wasn't like that it was i mean you actually had to submit to them you know your your mezzanine file with your artwork with your metadata with you know your caption file i mean there was there was a lot of stuff you had to do and you actually had to have an account to do it (laughs) so yeah so it's it's harder to get to get around and do stuff like that which is good because that i remember that being a major blow for that movie a lot of people in the horror community were saying like don't stream this on amazon it's not legit and you're taking away money from the filmmakers. It was only up for like a week, but if you think of all the people that watched it in that week, yeah. you know, th- that's that's views that they lost from a legit site. Yeah, which turned out to be Shudder. Yeah, Shudder has it now, which is the perfect place. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> everything like that should end up on Shudder. Yeah. And it's also great because it's, it's getting a lot of content greenlit that normally wouldn't. I don't think we would have ever gotten a creep show TV show. Yeah. Uh, on cable. Uh, oh, so, no. you know, stuff like that or even just uh, Shutter has a really cool series about horror vinyl. And why would that ever be on cable TV, a <laughs> documentary series about horror soundtracks on vinyl, you know? It also allows you to view, you know, just kind of check out a movie before uh, you buy it. Because, you know, a lot of times there are movies that come out on Blu-ray DVD and I'm like, oh man, that that sounds like it might be cool to have, but I'm not sure how I feel about it. So, you know, a lot of times it's on streaming around the same time, if not beforehand. So, you know, that way it gives you a chance to uh, give it a watch before you, you buy a physical copy. So it's kind of so that, you know, that way you can check it out and that way, you know, it may get you more interested in the special features or whatever's included in a home video release. Because, you know, like uh, you see, you know, you see a movie and it's like, wow, it was really cool. And the Blu-ray's got a making of documentary. And I'd be interested in seeing how that came about. Streaming is also just so couch centric because you can just be sitting there and even though you have the blu-ray on your shelf but you know you you've got roku you've got the app launched you know you you know your roku's on you know you're in amazon prime and you say you know what i'm gonna watch you know monster squad oh i i am so guilty of that sometimes like i'm sitting on the couch and i'll be like going through my voodoo and i'm like oh yeah i should watch this movie that i just bought the blu-ray for but the Blu-ray is all the way over there, <laughs> and then I'd have to go there and then take it. And you know what? Right now, no. Yeah, no. Just like 
I could put this Blu-ray in, but then I'd have to take the Blu-ray out that I was watching before and put that away and then put oh. the new one in, and instead I could just press this button. Oh, it's it's worse when I have, like, if, if the disc in the Blu-ray player is a steelbook because I put my steelbooks in a protective <laughs> case. So I'm like, oh, that's like a five-step process. So I guess we're streaming Streets of Fire again. <laughs> All right. So so I guess we can count that one as a good or a bad, depending on how out of shape you are. So let's transition Let's transition to the bad then. What do you got, Korea? <laughs> it enables sl- sloth. It enables <laughs> sin. <laughs> That's a bad. It's an enabler for bad, uh, bad habits. Um, well, there's there's your basic ones. I mean, um, if you don't have internet, you can't stream shit. That that's a pretty obvious one. If you have, or if your internet, internet goes down, you're right. Yeah, you're you, crippled. You're like, I can't watch any of my movies. Yeah. If you have bad, uh, the streaming service might just be down that day. You know, those are some pretty basic stuff that like. Honestly, I don't really, in this day and age, don't really encounter as much as we used to. Um, but when I think of the bad parts of streaming, there's some like really, some people can see it as being nitpicky, but it has a much larger effect. Um, there's certain things like they could say, oh, we have a, the complete series of something and there'd be missing episodes. Um, there was the we're going to talk about the simpsons a lot they're not it's not horror but it's very relevant because they took show off show me a horror fan that doesn't like the simpsons though so it yeah. is relevant <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it's very it's, those are very rare to find there's probably like a bunch of people going me 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 right now or yelling at us through their <laughs> headphones yeah we see you josh um <laughs> i know his name is josh whoever's doing that um but I'm sure that guy's freaked out right now. Could you imagine that? <laughs> but um, but when it came to The Simpsons, especially um, when the the controversy surrounding, I think I think it was Michael Jackson, um, they took off that episode featuring him off of all the streaming services. So and not any- only did they just pull it from the streaming service, if you owned that season on say Vudu, they yeah. went into your library and took it and that is shady it's like it's one thing if you don't want to offer it anymore like on netflix or prime or wherever you're watching your simpsons but for them to actually indian give it you know you you bought and you paid for that episode and now they're like oh just kidding that is shady and that's the thing that when it comes to it too is that they can go in and take out at any time because you don't actually own the movie. You're essentially renting you the license, license from them. So as long as they have the license for it, they uh, you have it. And they, it's the same with music too. I mean, I know uh, Lady Gaga pulled uh, Do What You Want off of Art Pop from all streaming services, if, whether you paid for it or not. So that's, a, that's another case of that. But they can go in. Um, a lot of people who redeemed early digital codes, the, what the, what's known as XMLs, you know, through iTunes and whatnot, those have been uh, uh, recently, a lot of them have been downgraded to standard definition, even though they've been in high definition for a long time. So that's like essentially someone coming into your house and going, oh, I'm going to take this Blu-ray. Here's a DVD, you know? Uh, they can't do that because it's physical copy at any time they can take off special features at any time they can take your movie 
you'll still have the movie, but they'll edit out a scene. But the, at the end of the day, if you have a physical copy, no one can fuck with that unless yeah. they like come over and like scribble all over your disc. <laughs> well, that works the other direction too, though, because Voodoo had a sale um, months back where they were selling Masters of Horror season one and two, which those are the only seasons there are. Yeah. Season three was Fear Itself. Yeah. Uh, and season two, I, they were selling the seasons and there's like 13 episodes each season for, I think, six ninety nine. Yeah. And um and the season two, though, was missing four or five episodes. So it was only, you know, it was only like a six season, you know, package. I remember. Yeah. But 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 there were gaps in the listing. And I actually just rolled the dice and I bought both of them. And a couple weeks later, the missing episode showed up in my season two. And that's because enough people gave gave guff about it. You know, you think so? Or, or you don't think it was just a delay in licensing? You think it was enough people complaining? I think, I think it, they may have had a, del- a delay in licensing those particular episodes, especially with something like Masters of Horror, where there are so many signatures that are needed because so many, for lack of a better word, so many egos are involved. I'm not saying the Masters of Horror filmmakers have egos, but, you know, there's there's a lot of management because these are not just starving filmmakers. These are, you know, these are your Don Coscarelli's and your Larry Cohen's. You yeah. know? And it wasn't just, you know a tv series it, they were like full productions too each and it was one. on showtime too yeah. which is another signature they need right and and then on top of that Lionsgate probably also because they're the ones that distribute it on home video as well and they se- released them separately and before putting them together you know there's a lot of like red tape when it comes to stuff like that and i wouldn't be surprised if it was a mixture of both if they were like you know not really going for it with the licensing but then they dropped the price and suddenly ever a lot of people were voicing it so they're like oh okay we should probably like speed this process up a bit more you know but there were gaps it would say like you know season two episode one two three eight, eight. nine eleven and you're like okay now there are holes for these episodes and sure enough they filled the holes which i was really happy because i did roll the dice and i bought it incomplete and then they popped in and I was like stoked. I was like, yes. When it went from six episodes to 13, I was like, yeah. <laughs> and now we can stream Takashi Miike's imprint anywhere <laughs> and just make everyone in the room uncomfortable or on the bus. <laughs> Nothing's better than watching that uh, on the bus. I got, I got another <laughs> example, though, like uh, with the whole Disney Plus thing. Because uh, did either of you guys ever watch that show Gravity Falls? No. You know, it was that cartoon, but it kind of had a bit of a horror bent. Uh, yeah. It was on Hulu uh, streaming for the longest time, but then, you know, Disney Plus came around. So they so they pulled it, and, you know, now it's on Disney Plus. Uh, I mean, it was to be expected, but, you know, that's the thing. You know, just like every streaming, every uh, basically anything streaming could have a potential expiration date due to any number of reasons. And also on top of that, you know, like uh, I think there were some edits to the show on Disney Plus, uh, like some weird, some weird edits, stuff they may think may have been offensive or something. I don't know. But that's why when, you know, the, even the threat of it leaving Hulu, like I think it was before they said it was officially going to Disney Plus or whatever. Uh, Shout Factory was offering a sale on the Blu-rays DVD, uh, just being like, "Hey, you know, this may not be streaming, so we're doing a sale on on uh, the Blu-ray DVD version." So I jumped on that, and I'm happy I did because you know, like I now it's on Disney Plus, and I'm not really sure in uh, what form, and you know, like. Like I said, you know, just it, or like you were saying, you know, like if you own it on disc, you own it, so you don't have to worry about it getting messed with or 
you know, not having access to it. Well, I've heard that Disney Plus has been editing movie like I mean, obviously, they're not going to show Song of the South. Like, <laughs> ever but um but i've heard that they've been going through and taking out bits that have not aged well and i don't know because i don't have disney plus some stuff it's it's yeah. like have they been it's it's like little it's little things like uh for movies like dumbo which have very you know scenes that have not aged well at all like because it was gross. made in what Jesus. the 30s i think yeah yeah uh, <laughs> They, they put up a disclaimer at the beginning, which is something that Warner Brothers has done a lot with their Looney Tunes uh, collections where they put up a thing like saying, hey, this I, I think Warner Brothers handled it better because Disney just goes, this is a product of its time. There's some stuff that's like not cool anymore. And uh, Warner Brothers actually went you know through a whole explanation being like, hey, this is a product of its time. This was acceptable back then. We're still going to include it in this because this needs to be discussed. This needs to be learned from on what not to do anymore like they were owning up to their mistakes which is something that Whoopi Goldberg has like been asking for for years with Song of the South being like you're still making money off of an amusement park ride based off this you're still making money off of Zippity Doodah and you're not gonna like have an open discussion about why this film is, is so controversial that's you know taking knowledge away from you know the public about it well, it's a, it is a catchy song. It's a super catchy show. And Splash Mountain <laughs> rules. Like Spl- Splash Mountain's really cool. But also, I do own a bootleg of Song of the Self, and I have to oh. say, it's Ooh, cringy. Boy. It's pretty crazy. It's, uh, yeah, it's, I can, I, you can you can easily see uh, easily easily see the controversy from a mile away. <laughs> oh man! Uh, but uh, going back to uh, some some good things that with they like Jacob was saying. With as a bad that it can be edited, but also to kind of flip it with Disney Plus, they do have gargoyles on it, complete series, uncut, uncensored, including the controversial episode from season one where one of the gargoyles picks up a gun, doesn't really know what it is, and accidentally shoots a human, which uh, only aired like a couple times on TV and had since been taken out. And episodes would play on Disney and Disney XD with uh edited scenes but it's on that streaming service uncensored so i mean there's good and bad when it comes to that but another big thing is fucking aspect ratios man like now you're getting into the ugly (laughs) oh this is the this is so ugly and because this and we're talking about simpsons again but it's not just simpsons the same thing was happening with buffy too because when buffy got their hd transfers listen guys tv was Four by four, right? Four by four by six, four, four by, by three, four. four by three, four by three aspect ratio. It was shot like that. A lot of it was shot like that. It was definitely presented like that, especially ninety show. Well, tube TVs, tube TVs were four three. I mean, it, it was it yeah. was almost a square. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, when you have shows from the nineties and they get these new restorations or HD transfers, if they're lazy and they want to just make it widescreen, what they do is they punch in. So you're missing stuff in the top and bottom frame. And it's for some shows like Simpsons, where there's a lot of visual gags, it can cut out some of those gags, but more so it's just, it's just cutting a lot out of the frame. So suddenly instead of having good headspace with a character, you're suddenly like their forehead's gone and it's just weird and it shouldn't be presented like that it should be presented as it was intended and that's a major thing that disney is going to fix in 2020 they said that they're going to restore 
oh, the Simpsons back to their original aspect ratio. But that's the thing is that they don't have to do that. They could have just kept it and been like, all right, yeah, go fuck yourself. We're doing mm-hmm. this because that's what happened with Buffy. All the early seasons with reruns on TV were in that new widescreen because they can say, oh, it's in widescreen and HD. But you're cutting off a lot of information that's happening there. Mm-hmm. And for me, as a former projectionist, aspect ratio is fucking important as hell. So don't mess with that. All right. What else, what else have we talked to death streaming or we got anything else? I know you just wanted to go after aspect ratio. So we pretty much have climaxed. <laughs> <laughs> Originally, this rant was just going to be about aspect ratios. But then <laughs> these two were like, listen, John, you can't just talk about aspect ratios for Let's a talk about hour. them stealing our Michael Jackson's episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And thank you for coming to talk to John's TED Talk. <laughs> yeah. Aspect ratio. So next time you shoot, just remember, we don't need to do 4-3 anymore. And... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap this up and uh, get on with our gloomy, rainy days. Uh, our music is uh, Restless Spirit who are plugging along and so go and uh, go check them out uh our artwork was by chris fisher so go check him out uh me james j edwards you can find on the twitters at cinema Fierite. that's like verite but with fear so it's f-e-a-r-i-t-e uh where can we find you guys on the twitter jacob uh you can find me on twitter at jacob davison underscore that is at j-a-c-o-b-d-a-v-i-s-o-n underscore uh you can also find my horror anthology series dead time stories on itunes and google play the new episode is all you too the the what is it last broadcast or last words Oh yeah, last broadcast. That was that was yeah. a fun one. Uh, I was also very proud of uh, my haunted movie theater episode, The Sunset Metropolis. Oh yeah, The Sunset Metropolis. Yeah, that one was was a few weeks back too. We really haven't talked in a while, have we? <laughs> it's it's been a busy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Korea, work when they find you. Hey, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Korean Barbecue. That's C O R R E I A N B B Q. Uh, you can also uh, catch me on iHorror's Stardust uh, account. And uh, more importantly, Kelly is back posting reviews on there. So if you miss her, she was definitely one of our best guests we've had. I mean, we've only had a couple, but... <laughs> I was going to say, and Waylon was pretty best, too. So our guests are better than the hosts oh, on this show. Mm-hmm. Kate, uh, Kelly and Waylon <laughs> were definitely top three. Uh, uh, <laughs> definitely top three guests we've had. Kelly um, and Waylon should have their own podcast and just forget about us. <laughs> Don't put us out of business. That would be too good. <laughs> Fuck, that would be a podcast I would actually listen to. <laughs> I, I would do. Nice. Oh, yeah, because I famously don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I do all the time. Uh, yeah. Because I have a commute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I have a commute. I mostly just re-listen to the same, like, five CDs that are stuck in my CD player all the time. <laughs> stuck in it? Because you you're too lazy to open the trunk and change them out of the changer? <laughs> no, no. Like, my CD player doesn't work a lot. So it's just like, all right, I guess I'm listening to the Streets of Fire soundtrack again. <laughs> ah, hey. Which, for those who are at home counting, yes, that is two times today that I've referenced Streets of Fire. So Hey. Yeah, pull off that hat trick. Hey, yeah, it's it's my it. birthday. I can bring up Streets <laughs> of Fire. <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday. All right, let's uh let, let's get out of here because Korea's got birthday in to do. I got movie watching to do, and I don't know what's on Jacob's agenda, but I'm sure it's something fun. 
well, I'm cleaning. I'm cleaning my apartment and hunkering down oh. in my uh, home video bunker because I got to wait out the streaming wars. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not as much fun. But okay, we're <laughs> we're out of here. Uh, for me, James J. Edwards. I'm Jacob Davison, and I'm Jonathan Korea. Keep your eye on horror.